Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh my goodness, give me the hot sauce, Bill Pump! I tell you what, if you're not fired up after listening to Stacey King's great calls, you don't have a pulse. We are having so much fun doing the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. This is episode 28 coming at you, and we've had such great fan response. We wanted to take the show on the road, so we are recording the show Wednesday night, May 12th. We are at Saludo's Italian Restaurant. If you get a chance to come out to Gurney, it's at 7680 Grand Avenue, just west of the interstate. We had some pizza before we started taping tonight. Fantastic. We want to thank our hosts, the Bodie family, Bob and Mel and their and their children. Just Queen. great. Yeah. Fantastic hospitality and welcoming us with open arms for episode 28 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Yeah, that's a good intro, Mark. That was solid. Good start to our show here on location. <laughs> You're that, a real that pro. Was really good stuff. You, we you want to make sure that, that Whispers doesn't... Uh, <laughs> Drop a bombshell and spoil the folks who are eating and listening to this program. I'm going to stay quiet for a while. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, well, the, I, you didn't mention the cellar. The cellar's pouring. It's, it's really smooth. That was one of the big attractions uh, for Stacy to come on out. Yeah, yeah, that was probably the number yeah, one. That was the one that did it right there. The, the free-flowing Stella, ice cold. Oh. No Aldi beer for the king. No, no. no. You know, now we're at the Sriracha Studios. We've been getting, we've been getting shafted. Yeah. We've been getting Aldi beer, <laughs> and so now finally we are getting the real Stella. You got we the, weren't, we weren't getting Stella. Yeah. We were getting Steve. Steve. Yeah. So Steve Artois. Yeah. So Whispers, you got the kegs going again at uh, Nautilus Medical? Yes, we do. We got a new IPA back in, and uh, we'll have another Pilsner next week. Oh, okay. Mm, Fantastic. Not with the Aldi, even though Aldi is German. Remember that. Okay. Uh, a quick shout out to Johnny Ott that put this together. Yes. Johnny Ott? Johnny Ott. He's doing uh, a wonderful job for us here, making sure we're taken care of. Be nice because his mom's in the audience. So okay. you've got to be nice to Johnny Ott. We're always nice. Well, I don't know about yeah. that. Well, maybe Mark. not to you. Yeah, but maybe for, not to you. Yeah. And we want to thank all the folks that came out to keep us company here at Saludos. Hopefully you're enjoying some great food. And we'll try to keep you uh, entertained with uh, some talk about the Chicago Bulls on all things sports. And Stacy is one of the master storytellers you'll ever want to meet. And he's going to give us some stories along the line about some of his uh, episodes growing up. And, of course, his days playing with the Bulls, of course, winning th- the first three championships. We have the Michael banners Jordan, up here. Scotty Pippen and company. Yeah, we brought everything travels. Banners we're, do travel, yeah. We're easy, <laughs> we're easy that way. Hey, let's talk about the Bulls a little bit, Stacey. Last night was kind of, as I mentioned, we're taping on Wednesday. And they had to win that game against Brooklyn to keep themselves alive in the play-in hunt. And they made some really basic defensive mistakes early 
letting Kyrie Irving get off, and after that it was an uphill battle the rest of the way. Well, it was a must-win game. The last four games of the season was a must-win game. You could not drop one if you were the Bulls. Mm-hmm. And so they had to come out last night and play like it was a playoff-caliber game. You know, that attitude like, hey, it's a one-game series. Or really a two-game series because you play Brooklyn on Saturday. So basically it's, you know, a two-game series. Uh, first quarter, you know, really got off to a slow start. You know, Zach played phenomenal. Um, he basically put the team on his back and carried him the whole game. Uh, Vooch has been playing solid all year long. Took the took a tough night not to hit shots, and then Kobe White. You know those three guys coming into that game in that three game win streak, they had they had scored over 200 points. They had like over 60 rebounds. I mean the numbers were phenomenal in those three games, and it made you think like they're turning the corner, and maybe this is their big three. You know maybe this is their three main players mm-hmm. that are going to be going into next season. And uh, then they came back to kind of a reality because you're facing a team full of Hall of Famers, you know, and, and that was the difference in the game. Kyrie Irving is, is one of the best. He's got some of the best handles next to him and Steph Curry. I think I he makes some handles. tough shots, too. Oh, I mean, you, you know what? He's a guy, Mark, that is unguardable because, you know, he, he doesn't need to run a play for him. He doesn't need pick and roll, even though the NBA is 95 percent pick and roll. He can get his shot any time he wants to on the floor from any position. He's now added a post-up game to his game, you know, working with Kobe and talking to Kobe about, you know, stretching his game out a little bit more in the post. And he's not a big guard, but he plays bigger than what he actually is. I was fascinated by some of the comments from Kevin Durant, both before uh, the game and afterwards, saying, I really like what the Bulls are doing. He says they got three really good players in Zach. Vooch and Kobe White, and he says, and the young kid Patrick Williams is going to be a core piece going forward. So I was thinking the next question should have been, well, you should ask for a trade and come to Chicago, right? Well, I tell you what, I mean, that's important because if you got Kevin Durant speaking highly of your team, yeah. that means there's other superstars mm-hmm. are thinking the same thing. And if they hear Kevin Durant say that, you know, maybe a Kawhi Leonard, maybe a Paul George, maybe someone of that magnitude is listening and say, wait a minute, you know what? It's tougher to win the championship out here in the West, yeah. and we can go to the East, and this team's got some really good pieces. It's a great city to play in. Chicago's one of the best sports towns in America, and they got enough talent. They just maybe need one piece, you know, and uh, it could be one. It could be a Kevin Durant. Who knows? I mean, how do you think Brooklyn got him? Right. You know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn got, you know, Kyrie and, and, you know, Kevin Durant based on how they played, you know, how, how competitive they were every night, how hard they played. And when they played against those teams and already saw that team play, they were so impressed with the way they played. It's like, hey, man, you know, they're one or two players away. Let's both pair up and go there. And that's what happened. You know, in the three games that they won prior to the Brooklyn game, the threesome of Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic and Kobe White had a positive net rating of like plus 21. And they were all averaging over 20 points a game. I know the season is coming to a close, but that's got to get people excited about the prospects of what, the, what that threesome, that foundation can be. Well, I think what, gets, what should get Bulls fans excited is, is that you got two All-Stars. And they started here at the end of the season starting to play well together. And that's encouraging because now next year you got to remember they'll have a full training camp. There'll be a summer league. You know they'll be able to really you know implement certain plays with each other. That two-man game right now uh, in that three-game win streak with Zach and Vooch was deadly. 
You know, you got Zach coming off. You got to pick your poison. If you switch that, then Vooch is going to go inside and kill you like he's been doing. And then Zach's got the ability to beat whoever guards him off the dribble. And it's just a, it's a matchup nightmare. And I think the big thing is, is, is Kobe is Kobe the point guard of the future? He showed when Zach was out that he, you know, that he can handle the job as a point guard. But there has been so many games this year where it's been up and down, up and down. The turnovers have been more than assists. But I thought over the last few weeks, especially with Zach missing all those games with the COVID protocol, I thought Kobe stepped his game up and, and showed that he has some leadership skills. What's your impression of Brooklyn? They're supposed to get James Harden back for their game on Wednesday night, but Kyrie Irving took a shot to the face against the Bulls. He had to leave early. It just seems they, like they can't get those three guys all healthy at the same time because that threesome is definitely lethal. In your mind, is Brooklyn the team to beat in the East? After watching them last night, man, I, I don't see how you guard them. If they mm. get James Harden... When you look at their records, like all three of them hadn't played. I think they played less than 10 games together as a, as a threesome, okay? But when they're two, they have phenomenal records. You know, the one, the one record is when, when Kyrie's by himself. They, he's a, there's a losing record there. But when it's Harden and Kyrie or, you know, uh, Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant, whatever the combination of the two is, it's, it's a winning record. It's above 500 by seven, eight games, which is very impressive. But they have it played together. And that could be a problem in the in the playoffs as you get deeper and deeper and now teams have time to prepare for you. You got three guys who have no chemistry together. Even though they're all all-stars and they'll find a way to play, they haven't played a lot together all season long. I would argue that you may not need all three. If James Harden's one of the three, you may not need them. Yeah, I you mean, need Harden because yeah, he's, he's the guy willing yeah. to sacrifice. No, yeah. I, I remember Zach Lowe said on his whiteboard configuration, James Harden was the one guy, but I'm saying with Harden in, you may not need all three to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I said you didn't need, I, I felt early when we had Zach Lowe on, I said Kyrie would be the odd man out if I was, if I was, oh, yeah. if I was to pick two of the three, oh, yeah. it would be James Harden and, and Kevin Durant. You know, Kevin Durant, even watching him last night, you know, he makes a lot of sacrifices in his game. He's, he's the one superstar next to LeBron that can play with anybody. Mm -hmm. Like his game's still gonna flourish no matter who's on his team. But he's, he doesn't search for shots. He gets his offense in the flow you know, of the plays. So yeah. uh, as our loyal listeners know, the Stinger directs games for the Bucks, <laughs> and, and they had a great defensive effort the other night. What did they give up to the Spurs in regulation? Oh, Got to go there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, what, three, it, three well, last week it was the me. Yeah, I well, mean, that's, they're going to be, they're gonna be a three seed, but and, and they might have to play Miami in the first What, what I'm going to say is Greg Popovich. I mean, it's Greg Popovich had a nice bottle of wine, I'm sure, after that one because – you know, he came out. How many shots and, did he make? Well, I'm just yeah. saying he is the coach, and he came up with a scheme. And, and there were guys chasing guys, and, you know, Patty Mills was hitting threes. And, and you know, we know the formula. I mean, that's the formula. It seems like you can beat the Because beat the they Bucks. don't guard the three-point line. D yeah, not, not like they probably should. Well, so. that's crazy because yeah. you're a three-point shooting team, yeah. and it's amazing that you don't guard a three-point yeah. line. Yeah. You know, but um, when, you look at, when you look at Milwaukee, the biggest problem with Milwaukee is, is what are you going to do when they pack the paint in? What are you going to do when Giannis has got the ball at the top of the circle and he can't drive and run over everybody and dominate people like he does in the regular season? Because we've seen the same movie every year in the playoffs. What's it going to be different this year, John? You're there. you know. I yeah, no, I mean, uh, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday makes a big difference, but, yeah, it's, it's true. Um, but I, it's interesting when you say that they I think they were 5-1 and one against Philly. They swept Philly. I think they were 2-1 and one against the Nets. And they were a three seed, which – 
it's interesting that they just don't know how to maybe turn that warrior dial up enough against their opponents to yeah, beat their they've opponents. They've lost a lot of bad teams <clears throat> because yes. they don't defend. They, yeah. they lost to a lot of bad teams because they don't take the bad team seriously. Yeah. They're like they're like any top team. It's like, oh, we're you know, we're playing, you know, the Bulls per se. And then they don't come out ready to play. And then they end up getting, you know, being down 15 or 20. Yep. And then all of a sudden they're trying to fight their way back, and they can't because the confidence and the momentum of that team that they're playing has overwhelmed them. You talk about confidence a lot, but I will say this because you asked me the question. I'd say you go to the post with Brooke Lopez. That's what I would do. I'll tell you what, they, you better, they better hope they get Atlanta in the first round and not Miami because it could be an early vacation for Giannis and the boys. Yeah, and they have to play the Heat because the Heat have been playing pretty well, Stace. I'm going to tell you what. I mean, they're going to run – into some problems with whether it be the Heat. I think they're going to run into some problems with the New York Knicks because those teams are physical. They get after you. And I'm not so worried about Giannis and the physicality. It's the Pat Connaughton's and the, you know, DiVincenzo's and the right. guys who, you know, that can get, you can get under their skin and, and, you know, really force them to focus so much on the hits, focus so much on the physicality that is taken away from their three-point shooting. And that's what you see all throughout the playoffs the last few years is that they've been able to say, okay, we're, we're going to let Giannis get his, you know, but we're going to shut everybody else down. We're not leaving the shooters. And that's been the difference. And that object you see growing larger in your rearview mirror is the New York Knickerbockers. They've been horrible for over a decade now. And with Tom Thibodeau as the coach and Derrick Rose coming off the bench and really lighting them up in the last few games, this is a team to be reckoned with, and I think that they've got a good chance to get to the conference semifinals. This is very similar to the Tibbs Chicago team when you had Keith Bogans and you had all these scrap parts, you know, that you know people casted away. And Tibbs got he squeezed as much out of every single one of those players, and he's doing the same thing in New York. He, he's got guys who bought into the system, you know. They said, "Hey, look, you guys are tired of losing, and you're losing doing it your way." If you want to win, you're going to do it my way. We're going to play hard. We're going to compete. And I think the biggest thing, you know, not only are the players, you know, I, I think management has allowed Thibodeau to put his handprints on everything. They've allowed him to, to coach free, to coach the way he wants to do it. He doesn't have to answer to anybody. And I think he's relaxed. I think he's learned his lesson, you know, from the last couple of stops. I think now he's, his coaching style is still the same, but he's not as, like, like, like it's like he's coaching every game like it's his last. He's not. Yeah, like he that. wasn't relaxed last night out in Los Angeles. They blew a lead late and wound up losing to the Lakers in overtime. And Derek played over 30 minutes. I mean, he was he was leaning heavy on Derek to try to bring him home. Rose made a ton of winning plays down the stretch. Unfortunately, the rest of the Knicks kind of shriveled up late, and the Lakers were able to steal it with the Chicago kid tailing Horton Tucker making the winning three. Well, and that that's going to be a situation the Knicks are going to have to to deal with in the playoffs is when the, when the game gets tight. Mm -hmm. You know, who do you go to? Like who, you know, Julius Randle's been the guy all year long. He was kind of fading away from getting shots yesterday. I mean, you yeah. got R.J. Barrett, who has doesn't lack confidence, okay? But he should have lacked confidence last night on that last shot he took. Oh, it was horrible. It was a horrible <laughs> shot. It was a oh, horrible shot. It was one of those shots you wish you had, a, one of those little dog collars that you shock him. Yeah. And then when you, just when he's getting ready to shoot that 30-footer, <laughs> you shock him. You know, they should have that in the NBA. Like, His reaction anytime, was great because he knew as soon as he let it go, oh, man. Yeah. I screwed that yeah. Up. I mean, you, you know what? Listen. I know you. I know you have confidence. I know you want to be that guy. You're the second, you know, arguably the second best player on the team in your mind. But you know, you're down two on the road, and you take that shot. 
Mm-hmm. You could have got a better shot. You could have got the ball to Derek. You could have got the ball to, you know, uh, Randall. Randall's right next to him. Look at him like, what in the world? Let your best player (laughs) who's carried you all year long, let him win it or lose it. Yeah, he had a bad night. Two for 13, 0 for 7 for threes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, He's made a big step in his second year, but there's there's still some work to go, obviously. Well, I mean, do you really see them getting out of the first round? I mean, uh, if they play Atlanta, sure. Yeah, I I think they get past their, their first round opponent because Atlanta, listen. Atlanta's got a lot growing. of talent. They got, they got yeah. a lot of talent. They're yeah. going to be really good in a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But as far as the physicality, that bothers them. When they played the Knicks a couple of weeks ago, and you know Trey Young and and all those guys were complaining, they're holding, they're grab. We were doing the same thing. But see, I, I've always said this about a Tom Thibodeau team, and it worked for us when he was here. You know, you get a reputation of being a physical hard-nosed defensive guy from your coach and referees tend to allow you to play a little bit more physical a little bit more hands-on than if you were coach you know someone else if you're a Vinny Del Negro team you know what I'm saying yeah it's not saying that Vinny Del Negro or anybody else is inferior to Tom Thibodeau it's Tom Thibodeau gets this reputation going way back to Boston being the defensive coordinator for the Celtics when they won the championship he's had this reputation of being a great defensive coach his defenses have been copied. So he gets that. He gets that. Even as a rookie coach for the Bulls, he was able to get calls just yeah. to get based off his reputation. Yeah. Now, Derrick Rose is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. A couple of years ago, he was a free agent. The Bulls had an opportunity to sign him. I know we had B.J. Armstrong on the show, and he said that Derrick was very interested in the possibility of coming back to Chicago. John Paxson and Gar Foreman, and I don't know how the Reinsdorfs felt about it, but they just decided maybe not the best thing to bring Derrick and, and the drama back. Of course, he's grown way beyond that. He would have been fine here. Now he's going to head into free agency. Do you think Tibbs has kind of got him locked up to come back to New York, or do you think there's a shot the Bulls could swoop in and bring him home? Uh, I, I think if he has a choice, he loves playing for Tibbs. Yeah. And if they can, if the money can be fair for him, he's going to have some offers. Oh yeah. I mean, people yeah. now listen. <laughs> the funny thing about Derrick Rose is, is that I'm a big. Everybody knows I'm a big yep. Derrick Rose fan. I'm always going to support that kid no matter what. I love that kid. I love that he's a great teammate. He's a great person. Um, you know, the thing about Derrick is, is that you know people want to compare Derrick how he's playing now to how he was when he was the sure. MVP, yeah. and that's unfair to him because he has now reinvented himself into the player that everybody thought he should be. Everybody thought he should be more pass first point guard, get everybody involved point Mm -hmm. guard, more like Chris Paul type point guard instead of the explosive dynamo dunking point guard. And now that he's that person, it's like he can't make anybody happy. It's it's like no matter what he does, there's there's people out there, that detractors, that will pick apart his game. The guy's averaging 20 points coming off the bench. He could easily be sixth man of the year if he would have had more games in with the Knicks because he came over in that trade. If he would have had a little bit more games, Mark, you'd be looking at him right now as being you know, a, a sixth man of the year candidate. Would he be a guy that you could bring into this situation with Zach Levine and Kobe White still on the roster? Yeah, because I, I mean, honestly, Derrick Rose to me can start on on most of these teams in yeah. the NBA. <laughs> I mean, Derek has chose to come off the he chose to come off the bench in Detroit. He says, "Hey, I'll come off the bench. You guys, I'll, I'll tutor. You know, Killian Hayes, whatever. You, Killian Hayes got hurt, so so Detroit was forced to play him and start him, and he played really, really, really well. well. And it was like, oh man, this guy's really a starter still. You know, um, nothing has changed about Derek except." You know, he's not flying and jumping over people like he used to. He picks and chooses the time he wants to use his athleticism. But the thing that is constant with him, Mark, that continues to amaze 
everybody is his inline speed. He can get by anybody on the floor. You can't guard him one on one. This is a guy with all these injuries. People said he was washed up. People said he never, you know, he could never play at that level again. If this was anybody named uh, other than Derrick Rose, it would be, oh my God, this guy should be an all star. Oh, he should be doing this. They would, they would ride the bandwagon. But since it's Derrick Rose, it's always like, let me find something to pick at his game about. Yeah, he's averaging twenty, but you know, he still doesn't have that explosive ability. <laughs> Well, the narrative has been that every MVP in the league is now in the Hall of Fame. And the, the, the storyline is that Derek will be the first MVP not to make the Hall of Fame. Do you think there's, there's a case for Derek to get there? Derek is going to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't care. He, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. If Derek, if Derek continues to play the way he's playing the next five years and stays injury-free, which I think he can because he's been injury-free these last few years, um, and he's averaging 18, 20 points you know, a game, you know, over the last three or four years. So why wouldn't he? His numbers are going to, his numbers are going to say that he should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, you know, if you're basing it off, did he win a championship and all that? I mean, if you're basing it off that, of course you're going to say no. I think we're going to ask the uh, patrons at Saludos here in a couple of segments about what their thoughts are. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Always like, nice to hear what the fans have to say about that. Derek Rose prompts strong reactions. You know, everyone has an opinion about his time with the Bulls and the way his career has taken off since he left. Hey, let's talk about another guy who's definitely going to the Hall of Fame, and that is Russell Westbrook. He broke the great big O Oscar Robertson's record for career triple doubles. He recorded his 182nd triple double the other night. Unfortunately, came in a, in a losing effort, so he was a little bit down about that. But afterwards, you know, Russ doesn't normally toot his own horn, but he said, he actually said at the podium, I, I don't normally do this, but you know, I, I'm almost in awe of what I've been able to accomplish. And when you think about what it takes to come up with, the 10 points are easy, but to get 10 rebounds and 10 assists every night, that, that takes some special effort. Well, you know, I've always said in, in this NBA, you know, the, there was three guys that, that I honestly felt like if they really focused on it, they could do it. It'd be LeBron, it'd be Rajon Rondo, and it would be Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. Because the two guards, you know, LeBron's 6'9". You know, and he plays point guard. So you can see him doing it, but I don't think his focus is on that. His focus is on other things, okay? The other two could actually do it. You know, Rajon Rondo could have actually done it too because he can get you 10 points, 10 assists, and 10 rebounds from the point guard position. But to maintain that level of play for 82 games is almost impossible. You have to be mentally, physically in tune to what you're doing. And for Russell Westbrook, to do what he's done. This record lasted 45, 47 years. Oscar Robinson's record, 47 years, 180. And then you look at the numbers. You know, the next closest person, you know, before Russell Westbrook got up there was Magic Johnson. Right. Now, you would have thought Magic at six foot nine point guard would have been the closest one, like probably broke the record due to his team was winning. They're playing a lot of games. So you would assume that he would have been the guy to break it. That's 138. What he got 138. I mean, he was still a ways off, okay? Right. Jason Kidd, another pass-first point guard, uh, exciting player. How many did he have, John? 107. So he, he was third on that list until Russell came up. Yeah. Okay? So now you got Russell Westbrook. And what is it now? Three, four years he's averaged a triple-double? Four. Okay, four, four years in a row. Okay, let me tell you something right now, America. That will never be duplicated again. He has set the, he has set the bar that we'll all be dead and gone. Okay, he'll be dead and gone. Okay, 
it'd be like Hornace Wagner and uh, you know those are Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, four or six. Yeah, that would be something that people will go, "Wow, that was an amazing thing he did." I don't think people, I think purists appreciate what he's doing, but I don't think the the average fan appreciates what he's doing until he's done, and you see that no one is even close. The next person on the active list is LeBron at ninety five. No. I think ninety nine. Yeah. Okay, ninety nine. Okay, and LeBron is in what year seventeen? <laughs> he's not getting. Okay, that. he's not going to get there. No. And then after that, it's James Harden. I think with like sixty, sixty something. And, and Russ is yeah. still going strong. Yeah, and, for a and lot that more record's going to be. He'll probably when it's all said and done, it'll probably be two hundred fifty. Of course, our loyal listeners know that you can find the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast and all the major podcast carriers. We're talking Spotify. We're talking iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora Music. But you also can watch the show and join in all the fun on YouTube. And I YouTube. think I think what we should do is, is have like a contest for all the listeners, for the viewers on YouTube. And they should caption what Timmy Whispers is thinking. I was looking over at him during, <laughs> Look at his face. During, Look at his face. during our discussion of Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook. And no. I didn't know if it was a, you know the post-meal blues or what, but you were almost gone there, Tim. How are you doing I was, tonight? I was right with it. You were? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> We had an incident, didn't we, before the show? Yeah, yeah. yeah that kind of threw it was, me off my It was my very game. unfortunate. Hey, it's, like, it's, like, it's like when you take your two-year-old to a restaurant and the yeah. parents are talking and you just wait for him to say something inappropriate yeah. Yeah. or throw food at the waiter yeah. or somebody. That's Tim. Yeah, but well, he, he's going to have his time. He's got a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he likes to talk about I was going to add to the Derek story about how he had two years or so without getting the body abuse besides the injuries, which uh, can always add to a later career. Many athletes have done that. There's a valid point by Whispers. One of few. <laughs> that didn't make people throw up. <laughs> or, or tune away. Or right. turn away. Yeah. Well, we know that people are enjoying the great food here at Saludos. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we enjoyed some pizza beforehand, and I think we'll, we'll probably have something before we leave. Just uh, great service, great food. Come on down here in the Gurney Great atmosphere, area. man. Yeah. Great, great atmosphere. Great people here. Uh, great people. This is the first time I've ever come here. And it I've won't be the last, though, right? It won't be the last. It's, I'm highly impressed. This is a... A warm, like a friendly you know, family. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Cheers bar or something. You know, it's just like family come here and they, they probably know everybody. Yeah, when Tim walks in, they go whispers. Yeah, see, that's what that's I'm saying. Great. His reputation precedes him. Yeah. I hit the applaud button when you came in. Oh, did I, it work? I, yeah, when I came in, they said oh, the kitchen's in the back. Uh, are you making ribs? I'm like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? I'm here. The, I'm here for the show. Well, you did have to sing for a supper. I'm like, what is this, man? Yeah. Like, you need to go to the back. Here's an apron. You gotta go to the back. It, it, I, they thought you were bringing the hot sauce oh, shipment. That's I right. Thought. No, yeah. no, they didn't think I was bringing box. That's <laughs> how so you make your ribs. You need to go to the back. No, hey, wow. before we go it's out into the crowd and, and see if they got some questions oh, for yeah. Stacy, you want to ask you a little bit about the Western Conference, where the Lakers are still the betting favorite to win the yeah. title, even though LeBron James still has not returned from his ankle injury. He's going to play a couple of games before the playoffs, and they still may drop in. Right now, currently, they are in the play-in tournament, but I think they're going to pass. Portland, because Portland has three brutal games coming up. I think the yep. Lakers are going to win out. I think the Lakers will probably finish sixth, which means we could see a, an all-L.A. Clippers-Lakers in the first round. I'm not really excited about the Lakers repeating. I, I, I Anthony just, Davis has been banged I, up, too. I, just, I think they've got too many problems to their star players with injuries. I, I think LeBron James' ankles is worse than they probably let on. I think Anthony Davis is still not recovered. 
and it just they just look out of sync. You know, I mean, the good thing about it is their their role players were able to play a little bit, you know, get some experience. But man, if those two guys and I say this, I say this all the time about star players. You know, Anthony Davis is like having three people. LeBron is like having three people, okay? Because they both dominate their position. Whoever's playing against them, they're going to win that battle every single night, mm -hmm. okay? They're going to rebound. They're going to get assists. They're going to they're, they're going to be tough to guard. It's the Kuzmas. It's the, you know, KCPs. It's those guys that are going to have to step their games up. And, and when they're not healthy, they're not playing the way they're supposed to play, those guys got to step up and, you know, and carry the team. You know, they got to, you know, Montrezl Harrell's been disappearing all season long. I mean, last year he was like, he was a beast, you know. And, and they're missing Schroeder, who's out with the COVID. COVID, and you know, I mean, you don't know how he's going to come back. So, I mean, they, they got some problems. Drummond there. was big last night. He had his best game as a Laker. He was he was pretty good last night. Yeah. yeah. I would like to see the 7-8 matchup, Lakers-Warriors. Winner yeah, take it could all. happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you. That would be a really good I'm gonna matchup. I'm going to tell you right now, like, you you really don't want to play Golden State. No. If, no. I, if I was anybody <laughs> no. and they were in my, in my, like, in my pool, I would want to avoid them, yeah. you know, because shooting travels. <laughs> shooting yeah, travels. Steph can shoot and with it the anywhere. way Steph Curry's shooting the basketball right now, I mean, literally, when the bus pulls up to the arena, he's open. Yeah, that's how. That's kind of very equivalent crazy. to that. Yeah, we've seen some incredible shots, and his teammates are getting into the act. Uh, Jordan Poole, a young player, made a sixty-footer the other night, and just looked over at Steph and like. Hey, I learned from the best. You know, any any shot is a good shot. Does he get MVP consideration or is it Jokic? It's Jokic, man. Okay, very good. It's Jokic. I mean, I like Steph, and I think what he's doing in the last like last month of the season has been has been amazing. Um, but at the same time, Jokic has been consistent all season long. You know, and then wait a minute. Without Jamal Murray. Okay, without Jamal Murray, yeah. he still got Denver one of the They're top teams winning, in the league. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you right now. They are going to be a tough out. Oh, yeah. With Michael Porter they, Jr. They, Michael uh, Porter, okay. The man. way he's playing? Listen. Yeah, you listen. love him. I know you talked about him. When, I loved him when he was in college. I, I thought, I thought you know, a lot of teams are going to regret that. Uh, he was hurt. Yeah, right? he was hurt. But, but you know what, though? I mean, I, I, I wasn't there, so I don't know, what the, I don't know what, the, uh, what the doctors are saying about his back long term. But he doesn't look like he's having any back ailments. He's smooth. He hasn't missed any games due to injury this year. I mean, he looks phenomenal. Well, Denver won that gamble because he did have a number of back surgeries. It could have been a situation where he never was the same player. But fortunately for the Denver Nuggets and for Michael Porter Jr., he's back and he's a force and he gives Denver that other score. If they had Jamal Murray, they'd be a real threat in the West this year. Well, and then you've got Aaron Gordon who's playing well. Mm -hmm. you got to get Will Barton 100%. If they can get him 100%. That's going to help. You got Austin Rivers there, who gives them, you know, gives them something. You know, he's giving them something. Um, but Jokic is the key. I mean, if Jokic, they're going to go as far as Jokic carries them. Uh, you know, if he if he struggles any, it's going to be tough for him. You just better get your sleep because these are all late night games oh, yeah. that are coming up yeah, that are fun. just going to be great to wall watch. Wall to wall basketball. I love it. Uh -huh. Folks watching on YouTube, whispers just diving in in that salad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's the green special dressing, and is it that is your amazing. special sauce that you asked for? <laughs> it's, 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 it's not quite the same combination, but oh. it is delicious. <laughs> the special house dressing. <laughs> here to see if, uh, Timmy whispers. Hey, we're having a great time here at Saludos. We're going to go down in the crowd and get some questions for Stacy. Maybe he can regale us with some stories of the championship years as he played for the Chicago Bulls. It's episode 28 of the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast, live on location in Gurney. We're coming right back. Sriracha.
Hey, we're trying something a little bit different for episode 28 of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. We are taping on location at Saludos Restaurant in Gurney. Want to give a little plug to the restaurant here. You can order your food online. Stay updated with special discounts and offers with our app found on the App Store or Google Play. And this is normally the time we bring in a guest, but since we're on the road and we've got such a great audience here at Saludos, <laughs> we want to go down in the crowds. We're up here in the loft area. We've got some great Stacy King fans <laughs> who are dancing to an imaginary music. <laughs> who is our first questioner? Enter and sign in, please. Who have we got? <laughs> go ahead. Is this Don't my be question? shy. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So my question for you is when you were playing for the Bulls, out of all the teams you played, I thought it was for me. All the, the players <laughs> you played with, who is the whiniest little bitch? Oh, no. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Inquiry minds want to know. I have a few in mind, but I want to hear what you have to say. The so. whiniest <laughs> little. Wow. Um, Maybe you should stay with the other teams. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, she wants an honest answer. All right. I would probably say... Oh, Drum so roll. many to choose from. Yeah. This, yeah. yeah. And don't bring up John Walsh. No, I would. I, 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 I might. I might say Will. I might say, yeah. say Will Purdue. Will Purdue might have been there. Yeah. It's it's a tough it's a tough one. It's a toss up. It's a toss up. Will and I would probably say I'd probably say uh, maybe maybe Horace. Yeah, Horace is real sensitive, wasn't yeah, he? I, I, he? Yeah, he didn't like to Will and Horace, and and they really weren't because we didn't really have any really whiny guys like that. They, they you know, but if you had to, you had to pick somebody in that category. Well, I, I'd probably well you told we, a story about how you had what, to take Danny Ferry down because Will didn't do it. Yes, exactly. That, that's yeah, that 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 happened in a playoff game. They sent Danny Ferry in there to try to take Michael out in the game five, I think, in Cleveland. And uh, woo, all our give me the hot sauce. Come on, baby, turn down the hot sauce, baby. <laughs> turn it down. I'd like to get her. Um, I'm sorry, I did get her name, but who who did you say? Who did you say was the whiniest bull? Uh, probably Will. Yeah, but I'm no, asking. No, not whiniest bull. The whiniest player opposing team. Oh, the whiniest. Okay, oh. okay, that's even easier. Oh, okay. Woo, man. Well, you're going to make me lose Cold some friends. Already yeah. did. Will. Ari hey, Will. Did. Will. I'm he sorry, Will. Well, I didn't did. mean it, Will. I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> I love you, boy. Um, I would say the whiniest player would probably be... Oh, man. I, man, that's tough, too. Danny man. Ainge? No, no. Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge, yes. Yeah. Danny Ainge would be, be right Bill there. Right about Lane Beer would be Lane Beer would be there too. Right oh, you just bring Patrick Ewing. Oh my God, you're getting me started now. I'm on a roll. Oh my goodness. Patrick Ewing, yes. You thought Patrick Ewing? Yes. Give this lady a t-shirt, please. Give, Give her a t-shirt. Give me the hey, hot sauce t-shirt. Patrick Ewing, you won these slingy glasses. Oh, oh! Give me the hot oh, sauce. Yeah. Saucy. Zenny, proud sponsors of your Chicago Zenny's, Bulls. Yes. Were those Zennies? I don't know, but they, they are proud hey, sponsors. Hey, hey we don't turn that. Hey, yeah. hey, Zenny, we don't turn nothing down but our collar. Hey, <laughs> we're always open for suggestions. <laughs> who, who do we have here? Um, how did you blow off steam in the city? Like, where were you going? Oh, no. and where oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I, 
Are talking pornographic? No, after basketball? Oh, okay. I thought she was talking about behind the scenes. Oh, Lord. That's on the download. That's later in the show. That's on the download? Okay, my bad. Whispers. Yeah, yeah. Whispers, whispers. We had some good old times back in the day. That's my segment. I used to go to the China Club when it was there. That was one of my favorite clubs, and they closed it down. And then Excalibur. Excalibur used to be my spot. <laughs> Excalibur used to be my spot. I wasn't old enough to be in there, but I certainly Yeah. Was. And then, wait a minute. Out, out, here, in the, out here in the suburbs, uh, 34s up in Schaumburg, Walter Payton's Club, 34s. The alumni club out in out in Schaumburg was was popping on Thursday nights. Oh, the king got around. And then you had Dakotas. Dakotas stayed open to like five thirty in the morning. So you went to thirty fours, and then thirty fours closed like at like twelve thirty one o'clock, and then everybody would go to Dakotas. And it was like on a, like the Tuesday night, and it was ladies' night. Ladies' night on too. I never missed a ladies' night. This is the off season, right? I'm just. This is when I was single. Okay. And I had no responsibility. And it was during the off season, and uh, you know. Uh, Oh, man. So, Does anybody else have a question? Anybody, yeah, come on. These are good questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Behind the scenes. He loves them. Oh, yeah. The king on the prowl. <laughs> True Hollywood stories. <laughs> All, right. All right, we got a question? Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, what's up, bud? So what, what do you think, the, what, from your perspective, what is the biggest difference in today's game versus when you used to play? Uh, the physicality. Um, you know, to, to, in today's game, a a flagrant foul was a regular foul in the 90s you know and uh the players are the players are highly skilled I, i'm not going to take anything away from this generation of players they are highly skilled you got seven footers out there shooting threes but the physicality i think is the biggest difference because you could actually you know you had it was a it was a wrestling match every night in the 90s i mean you know you get knocked on your butt and those were regular fouls. Today, it would be like you're going to get flagrant one or two and be ejected. And so that's been the biggest difference, I think. Yeah, very cool. Thank you and so plus, much. And another and, and, question. Yeah. What, 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 what is the best story that you never told anybody about the team you played with back in the championship years? Oh, man. Oh. I can't tell those. I can't tell those. See, you try to, you try to get like Geraldo Rivera. Hey, we're all over 21 here. <laughs> That's right, Stacey. Oh, yeah, come on, man. I'm trying to keep a happy home. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I don't want people to know what went on behind the scenes. Oh, Lord. With the baby oil. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I started to say it. I can't say baby it all. Oil. No, the baby oil, baby. Johnson & Johnson. That's all I can say. Slip it and slide in Away, <laughs> slip slide in the way. <laughs> All the music's entertaining. Oh, memories! Oh, memories! Oh, saludos! You're bringing out all the memories. That's uh, Southside Susan working the crowd down there. Yeah. You got another question for us? Yeah. All right, great. Hey, Stacy, how you doing? Hey, what's going uh, my on? Name's Lance. I just want to know because he's a friend of mine and a friend of yours. How good was Mike was Michael Griffin at Oklahoma State? Ah, ah, ah. Scoming! Oh my God! Oh my God! Hey, you know what? Scomy Scomy tried out for our team and uh, he made the team, but then he got cut like a week into it because he got in trouble. So, uh, but he could play. He could, he could play. He could play. He had good size. He could shoot the ball. He he talked a big game though. He talked a big game. You know. He still talks still. I mean, you know, um, but he 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 could play. He made our team, but he got in trouble. He was stealing toilet paper, 
And uh, they t- <laughs> Coach Tubbs called him. What? And uh, he said, Coach, I can't have this. I'm out of toilet paper. <laughs> so Coach cut him because he wasn't on scholarship. He was a walk-on player. So, you know, Tubbs, Tubbs, Tubbs was a little harsh on the walk-on player. And the other player who was a recruited player, he was the number one junior college player in the country uh, with Walter Berry that year. His name was Ron Roberts. He was in there with, with uh, Mike Griffin, and they were doing that. And so he didn't get in trouble, but Mike did. But he's still representing Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's in Philadelphia now. He's got that uh, import export company. Thing yeah, he's, yeah doing. he's doing well, man. Yeah, doing I, really I, I'm well. friends with him, and uh, his ex-wife and my ex-wife are best friends, and I know his son, so he's yeah. doing well. He so. came, he came up here my rookie year, and uh, he, he lived up here for a hot second. Um, and uh, his son is the same age as my oldest son, so we were having our kids about the same time, so. Uh, great dude, man. Great dude. Get that man a T-shirt. Right, man, There's I a lot of ex, ex-wives in that sentence. Ex-wives. He could use a free T-shirt. Yeah. Now, now he's got some courage, so he's got courage. He said he could use a free T-shirt. <laughs> we got. Oh, we got a re- Okay, yeah. What we got? He's back. He's back for more. So, so Stacy, I, I grew up in South Philadelphia, and uh, I was a huge Sixers fan. So I, I watched you back in the day. Who was your favorite player and who was uh, any good stories about any, any Sixers games? Um, you know what? Yeah, I got some stories about it. Uh, my favorite player was, was Dr. J um, growing up, you know, being a you know, Dr. J fan, you know, with the Afro and the dunks and everything growing up in Oklahoma. Um, you know, we, we always saw there was only a certain games that we saw every weekend. It was either Boston and Philadelphia. Uh, you had this and out west. It was the Lakers and Phoenix or Supersonics. It was like five or six teams that we saw on a regular basis in Oklahoma, and the Philadelphia 76ers were one of them. Here's a funny story: My dad was in the military, so he ran the uh, the uh, Army um, basketball court uh, on on base, Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And so Andrew Tony had a cousin in the military, and so everybody in the military played some kind of high school ball. They were all basketball players at some point. So every Saturday, you'd have all these bad guys, you know, from New York City and all these guys. They think they're really good. They're talking trash. And they were talking trash to Andrew Tony's uh, cousin because he, he had told him he was going to come in and play on the weekend one day. Oh, he sucks. We'll bust him up, blah, blah, blah. Man, Andrew Tony came. This is when I knew there's levels to this. This is when I knew there's levels to this, okay? And these guys <laughs> could actually play. And I'm like a teenager, so I'm like probably 15 years old. These guys could actually play, you know? And when Andrew Tony came in, he was on a different level. They, I mean, he didn't, when they were going to 11, he would score 10 of the 11 points every game. They, they ran the court from like 10 in the morning to five o'clock at night. They did not lose a game. That's when I knew, I was like, I need to be a pro. I want to be like him. That was awesome. That, and, that, and that was one of the first times I ever seen a pro up close. He was the first professional um, basketball player I saw in person. What about Franklin Edwards? No, Franklin Edwards came later, man. I know. Hey, uh, Susan, why don't we um, let's stick around with the crowd because we want to get into something uh, NFL-related, Bears and Packers. Right, Mark? We want to talk about what folks here at Saludos think about getting Yes. Air- yeah, we can talk about that later in the show. But uh, next, we're going to go off the wall. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit more about Stacy's uh, life and times in, in Oklahoma growing up. So let's oh. do that, and then we'll go back to the crowd, and we'll get a little <laughs> bit more with the fans. I like the way you think. All right. Poor John and other Stella. Oh, my goodness. It's only preseason.
It is time for one of our favorite segments here on the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. When we get away from the world of sports, we go off the wall. You never know where that's going to lead, and it's led to some of the best segments throughout this podcast. And we've been watching uh, youth football and some of the stories going on. It kind of reminded us of our young days. And as Stacy is a young guy growing up in Oklahoma, you played a little youth football yourself, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I mean, in Oklahoma, man, as soon as you come out the womb, you got the, you know, the doctor said of slapping you, he's giving you a football helmet and shoulder pads, and he's ready, he's ready to go. You're tackling the nurses in the, in the operating room. <laughs> there was a story that, that got a lot of headlines recently. A major league pitcher, Tyler Glass now, said his mom was mad at him because he was cursing when he was getting hit hard on the mound, and she said, well, if you're going to do that, you got to cover your mouth. Did you ever have a situation where, where your parents uh, said something or did something that kind of embarrassed you while you're out on the playing field? Oh, man, there's, there's a lot of stories on that one. You know, <laughs> in a King household, man, you know, you're growing up all boys, four boys, and a competitive household. I was the third of four, and uh, you always, you know, you, you were always behind in the shadow of your older brothers. My, sure, two, older, my yeah. two older brothers were studs, and they were... They were street fighting legends. They were athletes, and I had to come up behind them. You know, always, were you going to be as good as your brother? I always had to hear that. Were they undefeated in, fi- in the fighting, or did they? They were. They can throw. <laughs> they can throw them hands, man. Seriously, they were. They were feared in the neighborhood, and um, so I lived off their reputation for a long time. I was able to, to pretty much get away and do things I wanted to do, and not have to worry about it. But being in the shadow of good athletes and and you know studs is is really tough, man. You got to. You know, you, you got to do it. So um, I remember playing in the city championship. My dad was military, so he, you know, he worked on base all the time. So he didn't get a chance to see me play during the regular season. My mom would always watch me play. And, you know, she, she'd always say, how many touchdowns are you going to get me today? And I'd say three. <laughs> and then she said, you know, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you five dollars for every touchdown. And that was just motivation, you know. So our team was undefeated. Uh, we beat this team uh, in the regular season. We beat them like 36 to nothing. So we play them again for the city championship. And, and back then, they didn't check birth certificates because, you know, we didn't play for, like, the boys club or park district. We played for our actual elementary school. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, you know, I played for my elementary school. And um, we played this team, and we get to the city championship, and they got, like, three or four players that look like somebody's dad. Like they look like they're they actually before they came yeah they, the they look like they actually drove to the game you know like we're seeing these dudes come out of cars like man did they drive you know yeah. and they they weren't the same guys that we had played like three or four weeks ago so you know we were like wow like maybe you know then the coach you know says oh they were sick or you know they're all sick at the same time <laughs> you know that's how dumb this everybody is long was before COVID. yeah this is long before yeah <laughs> they like they all were sick at the same time they missed the game they missed that particular game at the same time right, so right. my coach didn't question it. it's like okay you know the integrity of the game is at stake here he's not gonna to do that whatever so first play of the game our quarterback who was very good quarterback first play of the game gets gets thrown to the ground breaks his collarbone it's the worst screen by one of these big kids one of these big giants you know Gulliver's travels land of the Lilliputians he slams him on the ground breaks his collarbone and I heard this blood curdling scream oh like, no it was it was like serious worst thing I've ever heard in my life and from that point on I was like I don't ever want to run the ball the rest of the day. I'll tackle you, you people. You checked out for the rest yeah, of the day. Yeah, I was game. done. I was done. I mean, you know, I was I was like, you know, when they pitched me the ball, I just run out of bounds. And then my brothers <laughs> were on the sideline, and my dad was the first time he watched me play uh, football this year. He's in the stands, you know. So there's a little extra motivation, but then there's also after seeing a guy get his collarbone, you know, shattered and, and the scream, I'm like, you know, I, yeah, I'm like, you know what, I got to save myself here. I'm not going to put myself in danger. So the coach comes over to me and says, hey, listen, you got to stop being scared. You got to run the ball. You know, you got to run the ball. You're the fastest guy on the team. Da, da, da. I'm like, coach, 
I, I can't do it. I can't do it. So my brother's in the background. Stop being a punk. Quit being a sissy. Come on, run the ball. Your name, your last name's not King. You're Queen. You know, and they're giving, they're razzing me. You know, so now I'm getting angry because that's what always motivated me when they would say stuff like that when I'd be playing sports. They would say that, so that motivated me. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna show them. I'm really, really good. So we're getting smashed. We're getting smashed. So the coach says we're gonna run a reverse. So we scored on this play every single time, at least two or three times a game. So the stage is going to run a reverse. You're going to get it. You're going to just you know get the pitch and you're gone. Okay, uh, we're going to get. We're already going to lose the game, but we're not going to get yeah. shut out. So we're I'm gonna like, score. okay, we're yeah. going to score. So we're probably about 50 yards away. We run a little reverse. Boom! I get the ball. I'm like you know Walter Payton. I'm gone. I got, I'm, I'm down the <laughs> sideline. Boom! Everybody went to the left. I went to the right. I'm gone. Chuck it down the sideline. I had the ball in the wrong hand. You're supposed to have it on the outside hand. Yeah, I was yeah. so scared. I had it in the in, the outside <laughs> part of my hand. So the inside part of my hand. So I'm running. Dude, in my left arm. Doo -doo -doo -doo. I'm down the sideline. I wish the fans could see this right now. I wish everybody could see it. America. I wish you could see this. I was gone. Boom! 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 At the corner of my eye, objects seem closer than they appear. So I see these. I see this big dude who broke the quarterback back collarbone I see him now he there's no way in the world he can catch me no way I'm way out in front of him at least 15 20 yards but in my eyes I saw him coming he's, yeah he's close and I'm thinking oh my god he's gonna break my neck <laughs> so I'm running and my brothers are down the side run go they're cheering me on go 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 so I'm looking at them and I'm looking at him and then all of a sudden I just lose focus and the ball slips out of my hand <laughs> right before I cross the goal line so like three yards before I cross the goal line the ball comes out Ooh. so I, I just kept running because I was scared. I just kept running, ran to the fence, held my hands up like, hey, touchdown, don't, don't hit me, you know? So the big dude picks the ball up, okay? Picked it up with one hand, not two hands. Picked it up like it was a basketball, palmed it, picked it up, and just starts stiff-arming kids. It was like a, a teenager going up against little babies, and he was just stiff-arming people, and he went all the way down and scored another touchdown. We get beat like 40-something to nothing. And so... My brothers, you know, the coach, the coach out there was giving a good speech. Like, hey, guys, listen, you know, they were just better than us. And, you know, guys are crying. You, know, you don't want to lose. And um, so I get in the car. I'm, I'm, my brothers are razzing me all the way to the walk to the car. That was like Green Mile. Like, my dad's car seemed like it was parked like 10 miles away. That was the longest walk in the history of walking <laughs> after you got embarrassed, you know? So my brothers are razzing me. They're slapping me in the head. You know, you sissy. You're not our brother. You were adopted. And, you know, I'm sitting there like, okay, like, Dad, are you going to say something? Like, you going yeah, to say something? Like, hey, hey, Dad, you going to say something to these guys? And doesn't say anything. And I could tell that he was upset. You know, he was upset. So he didn't say anything. So we get in the car. The razzing continues. I'm in the back seat. They're in the back seat, and they're just, you know, rally. I'm in the middle of both of them, you know? And they're like, you suck. You're the worst brother. How you embarrass it? They're just killing me. And I'm already feeling bad about it. I'm like, shut up. And I'm punching and fighting them. And then I'm thinking my dad's gonna say something. All of a sudden, Pops turns around, and I'm like, okay, good. He's finally gonna say something, get these crows off me, heckle and jekyll <laughs> off me. So Pops turns around, and he looks at me. And he's looking down at me, because I'm like, short. So he's looking down at me, and he goes, um, you should have been the cheerleader. <laughs> oh, no. As if you couldn't oh, feel any worse. Wow. Wait a minute. That, I'm going to tell you something. That was, that hit me in the core deep. That really hurt me. Because, you know, you always look for your parents' approval. You know, I know we had a, con I know my dad was a real tough guy. Because I, I could count on one hand how many times he tell, told us he loved us. He, he was like Clint Eastwood. Type. You know, his father passed away when he was 11. So he didn't have that tough kind love. of, he didn't have that kind of, parental guidance and you know nurturing. nurturing so he was a hard and plus he grew up in the 60s he grew up in the civil rights era so mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that made him who he was and at the time as a child you don't know that 
you, you don't care about that. You just want your, you know, you want the approval of your parents. So when he said that, I was crushed. Like the whole, my soul just left my body. I was, and my brothers kept razzing me. They, they, they didn't even say, man, that, hey, no, that was, that, they tough. didn't even want to say, hey, man, that was messed up, dad. Like they, they just kept piling on. So my mom had to work today. She never missed games. And my mom was my biggest fan. She's been my biggest fan my whole life. So I'm coming home, my mom had to work. So she's cooking dinner. So I come in the house and I immediately run to my bedroom, close the door. And my mom's like, baby, baby, come back here. Come here, let me talk to you. How many touchdowns did you score mama today? Did y'all win the championship? <laughs> and, then she, and then they go, what's wrong? She goes, what's wrong with, what's wrong with Stacy? Oh, he sucks. He's mad because his team lost and he got killed and he fumbled the ball. The guy ran it back 99 yards. <laughs> touchdown. He's, he's an embarrassment, mom. He's not our brother. Where did you get him at? Did you find him in a park? And, oh, it's my mom, and so my mom's like, shut up. And she got on him. Like, don't do that. Don't ever do that. Da, da, da. So then they said, well, why is he so upset? Is it because he lost? We don't. Who cares if he lost? He's lost games before. No, and they said no. It's what Dad said to him. Dad says Dad said he should have been a cheerleader. <laughs> and then my mom's like, "What? What did you say, James Edward? You said he. Sh you didn't say that, did you?" He goes, like, "Oh, honey, come on. He got to get tough. He's got to be tough. You, you, we don't. We, he's not a girl. He's not a cheerleader. But he's got to be tougher than that. He's crying and he, he fumbled the ball. If you would have thought he had a touchdown, he fumbled the ball. It was oh." It was, it was bad, honey. <laughs> so my mom was like, let me tell you something, James Edward. Don't you ever talk to these children like that again. Ooh. Or you will deal with me. And Lois yeah. King, Lois King didn't play. So then she came back to my room and I'm in the bed, you know, I'm like pilling the face, you know, I'm trying to hold back tears because I'm crushed. I'm really crushed. I was more crushed, not from my brothers, but from what my dad said. And to be honest with you, and then my mom came in and, and made me feel better like moms always do. Oh, baby, it's okay. You know what? Basketball season's coming up. You know, you're going to win a championship. Blah, blah. You know how moms do, you know? Don't listen to your dad. He's an idiot. Don't listen to him, you know? And so that made me feel better, okay? But that point is when I realized that was my motivation because I tell, when I talk to kids about, you know, self-motivation, like no one can tell you to get up and go work out if you're a sports guy. They shouldn't have to tell you to go to the weight room. They shouldn't have to tell you to get ready to play and do whatever is necessary in the all season to be great at what you're trying to do. Whether you're at elementary school level, junior high, high school, you have to have, you have to be self-motivated. And then sometimes that's not enough, guys. It's not enough to be self-motivated. You have to manufacture motivation. Like Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan manufactured, he got cut from the ninth grade team. That was a big story. Oh, he, got, he never got cut. He just didn't make the team. Well, what about what Tony Martin said about your former teammate, which was really insightful, how you used to practice at night with the football team after your practice with the basketball team. That's kind of what you're talking all, about. All that was derived from James King calling me. I should have been a cheerleader. Wow. Yeah. Because you should thank yeah, James yeah, King. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, you my, know that? listen, my, my dad is the reason why I'm the way I'm at today. If it wasn't for him giving me that that motivation, it's a to, combo though. I think your yeah, mom supported my mom, you. My mom and my mom too. My family in general, but my dad, like whenever I needed that extra motivation, my dad. See, you remember those old? Uh, they used to have those old things. Where they used to sing and they go. They had a little ball that jumped on the words. Like yes, sure, yeah. we have no bananas, and that little ball <laughs> jumped on the words. That's how my dad's head was. Like I had that vision in my head. Like you suck. You should have been a cheerleader. And that was his little head on that. And that really motivated me. That gave me like that extra fire. Now, I know my dad wasn't thinking that or that's not what he meant. But that's what I use. I, I turned that around to make me even mad. Like my dad used to do stuff because he was a psychologist. He, you know, he married, uh, majored in psychology. Okay. 
So my dad used to do this reverse psychology stuff on us, okay? I mean, he got me mentally tough for warfare, seriously. He's military, he got me mentally tough. Wait, wait, he was SEALs, right? Wait, 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 no, you know, he was, SEALs, he, he, no, he was an artillery trainer. He trained people. Well, you. Shooting at, oh, me, yeah, I'm, I'm Navy SEAL. So, so, so James King, James King got me ready for mental, got me mentally tough to face anything that I could face in my life. My dad would always use this reverse psychology. He would say to me, hey, look, let me tell you something. Hey, you know that kid over at the other high school? You know he's better than you, right? Yeah. You know, you know, you know he's averaging 25 points. He's, he's going to kill you when you play him this week. And he would say stuff like that. Or when I came home one time from Oklahoma, and I wasn't starting yet. I wasn't starting yet at Oklahoma. I was still coming off the bench as a sophomore. And that's when I wanted to transfer. Doo -doo -doo. Okay, so my dad, we're sitting at the table. My dad's reading newspapers. He's got his wife beater on. He's got his fatigued pants on. You know, he's sitting at the table. And he's eating, <laughs> he's eating fried chicken. <laughs> so, and he's got this, he's got this, I, I, I can envision it like it's yesterday. And he's got this goatee, you know, and he's got chicken in his goatee. And he's got his wife beater on. And he's sitting there and he's like, uh, he says, uh, yeah. Um, I see Oklahoma's got three new players, and uh, looks like you won't be playing again this year. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, and so, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, looking at this guy with chicken in his beard, and I'm thinking, listen, I mean, he, he, I'm like, listen, I'm like, man, like, can you say something nice sometimes? Can I get some good motivation? And he goes, I'm just telling you the truth. You know, I mean, they got a 16 kid coming here, another 6'9 guy, you're, you're not like you're going to play again this year. So I was like, you know, I got up on the table. I went and immediately went to go work out. Immediately went on the track, ran, I ran like three miles, and I got the key to the gym, and I was in my high school gym shooting like till midnight, you know? But that was the motivation. That's the motivation that I needed. Hey, little buddy. Yeah, hey, hey listen, little buddy. Man. You're all. Hey. <laughs> hey, James King, I love him to death, man. I hey, love him. Hey, Mark, we have another trending topic that was in the bubble up folder that's, that we need to get to. Tell about the celebrity uh, that passed away? No, 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 no. We'll, we'll get <laughs> to that. That's in the one. bubble up folder. No, it is. No, we're no, we we were talking this this uh, youth football uh, drill that's been yeah. Oh, that, that was some scary stuff, and and we'll put that in the in the role that we post. Yeah, every but week, I, I think courtesy the king, of our friends at Bubble Up. Yeah, Bubble Up. Yep, the cloud reimagined, right? Mm -hmm. But I'd like to uh, get your thoughts because I think King um, coached his kids. Yes, I did. And, and so... I was one of the greatest coaches in youth football history. The, the greatest thing... <laughs> Undefeated. The, the funniest thing, though, is like, I... The way I'm watching just the video. And so I sent it to you guys. And then King, you know, he's showing me the... Um, he's showing me all the comments. And all that's the comments. Like, he goes, all oh, the comments are unbelievable. Yeah. I, I'm telling... I'm you listen, know. people, America... Saludos. If you, if you... Saludos. If you are watching... When you read something on Twitter... You know, it's great to read the first tweet, but read the comments that come after that tweet, especially if it's a, a, a hot topic. Mm -hmm. Read what fans have to say afterwards. It is amazing. It's amazing. It will have you laughing at some of the stuff that they say. The video itself is pretty scary. If you haven't seen it, uh, Sean Merriman, the former NFL linebacker, pointed out uh, this is supposed to be a tackling drill, teaching young players the correct form to make a tackle, but yet... They had a couple of kids matched up that were definitely of different ages and different sizes. And Stacey, you know as a coach, the one thing that you always have to protect against is young, young kids getting hurt. Yeah, I mean, especially at that age, Mark, you've got to be a little bit more cognizant of, really, honestly, at that young age should be more teaching. 
you know, more fundamentals and teaching the form tackling and teaching them, you know, how to, you know, not use their helmet, the crown of their helmet. Mm-hmm. Because kids at that age, that's, that's their helmet, is, first of all, is too heavy, number one. And so they're top heavy. So they're going to use their head naturally. Um, so that's why you've got to teach them how to form tackle uh, and teach them the right way to tackle so they don't get hurt. And watching that video, listen, I'm from Oklahoma. And, you know, we, we were doing that way back in the yeah, day. Yeah, they named the drill. The yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma drill. drill. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a totally different era now that, you know, because you have to worry about because as, as football has, has evolved, the head injuries are serious. You, you, you got to take this. If you're not taking head, in, head in injury serious, then, you know, you're crazy. Yeah. And, and at that level, those kids haven't even formed yet. Their brains haven't even developed fully. And you, you're letting a kid bang and, and, and use his head and get knocked out. Did you see when it was over, He was the little kid, I felt so bad for him. I just wanted to go grab him and give him a hug. He was holding his head, and you could just tell. The skill level was wrong, and the coaches should be ashamed of that. That kid who ran him over was too highly and, skilled. And that's why kids aren't playing football. Because I think the well, chances the are afraid well, the to parents, let them play. Well, the it's parents, a, yeah, the moms. But now they see that video, and then the poor kid, like you said, look, what, what are you teaching? Because that's not really what football is about. It's about getting up and getting back into play. King, we're, speaking of which, we we do not see your video here. I'm trying to get back in the game. I, you're trying to get you. You were knocked out. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know. We're we're still recording. But I don't see. They hear the golden pipes, though. You gotta I, call the big hurt. Get back in the game. Hey, so. and she'll like it too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's a good point to take a little break here. I think and we're going to come back excellent. with more of episode twenty-eight of Give Me the and Hot she'll Sauce. She'll like it too. Hey, the NFL schedule is out. We're going to talk Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers, oh, Aaron Rodgers, and a whole lot more. Aaron, give me the hot sauce. What? <laughs> give me the hot sauce. We are having a ton of fun. Episode 28 of Give Me the Hot Sauce on location at Saludo's Italian Restaurant in Gurney. Check it out when you are in the area. Great food. Oh, look great at that banner placement. And fantastic service. Yeah. Ooh, we brought the banners. Wow, that's impressive. That is nice. Want to thank our friend Pete the Sign God for coming up with those banners. Pete Gonzalez, yeah. Pete Gonzalez. Yeah. Pete Gonzalez. He's. Uh, Rima, Rima! <laughs> Today was a special event for NFL fans. The schedule for the 2021 regular season was put out, and the Bears will open up on the road Sunday night football, a national TV game against the Los Angeles Rams, who were a playoff squad a year ago. They now have Matthew Stafford as their starting quarterback. We had their play-by-play broadcaster, J.B. Long, on recently, and he talked about the fact that they feel like they can go all the way with a veteran quarterback like Stafford under center. But when you look at the schedule for the Bears, it's the Rams, and they come back home to play the Cincinnati Bengals. That will be at Soldier Field, and they got to go to Cleveland to play a former Oklahoma guy with the Browns. So it, the schedule is really tough. I mean, if you go, we're not going to go through all 17 games, but Thank God. they they really have a, <laughs> there, there's no breaks. It's like home road, home road, home road. No uh, chance to play three or four games in a row at Soldier Field and try to get some home cooking. And the big question hanging out over the Bears is, when do you play the kid? They, I think it's almost a guarantee Andy Dalton will start week one. Stacy, when do you think they're going to turn to Justin Fields? I, I think it'd be as soon as the preseason game, you know, going into the regular season. I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people's jobs on the line. And, you know, they, they made a bold move to get him. And that, that might have saved them some time. That might have given them some time. Because if you look at... 
you know, Fields. Fields, Fields may, they may do him the same way they did Mahomes, bring him on at the end of the season. I think if he's good enough and he, he gets a grasp of the offense, you put him out there. What do you have to lose? And I know a lot of fans were just about ready to give up on the Bears, feeling like the McCaskey family didn't know what they were doing and uh, Ryan Pace wasn't doing a good job as general manager. We are on location at Saludo, so let's go down to the bar area. What do the fans think about the possibility of Justin Fields starting week one? How do we feel about Justin Fields starting week one? Oh, he should start week one. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy is the offensive line coach for the Bears. I'm going to keep his job. He should start week one. Hey, can you see this hat? Yeah, Penn State. Let's see what happens to Justin Fields. Uh, Penn State, we oh, are. Man. Oh, Ohio wow. State owned Penn State. I'm a, I'm a Penn State fan too, so I can't be upset. <laughs> what, what about the Green Bay situation? You think the Bears will get him twice if Aaron Rodgers uh, forces a trade? If Aaron Rodgers stops actually crying all the time. We don't like Aaron Rodgers. We don't want Aaron Rodgers. Nobody wants Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I, I think the Bears would take Aaron Rodgers over Justin Fields right now. Oh, man. Wow. I do, too. I do, too. I would, too. The Eagles, the Eagles are looking for a, a third-string quarterback, so maybe if Rodgers wants to go there. Third yeah, string. that's probably a good spot for him. He'd get killed and killed. I want Tony Roman to come out of retirement and go to Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Dallas Romo, fan. a native of Burlington, Wisconsin. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, and, and so... Me too. Me too. Yeah, Stacy, growing up in Oklahoma, that's kind of a rite of passage. You got to uh, be a cowboy fan. You got to be you? a cowboy fan, man. I mean, I've been disappointed the last few years. I've been hiding in the closet. I haven't came out yet because they haven't won anything. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but once they start winning again, baby. Well, they got Dak Prescott locked up now. Hey, I, I just uh, I hate to not, interrupt not, you guys, but uh, the Buccaneers are playing in Foxborough. In October. Oh, no. That's, hey, listen, first of all, that's, that's the, the Bears matters. are going down to Tampa, too. Yeah but, yeah, but Tom played for hey, the Patriots. That's the only all, game that really matters. First on the of schedule. all, don't interrupt us again while we're talking, okay? <laughs> that, that news could be held off, okay? That's the, t okay. No, that's the game of the year. I thought you were going to say Ray John Ronald's going to be in Foxborough <laughs> during that game. <laughs> he is. He is going to be there? Yeah, yeah. Hey, so, what, hey, I want to ask the guys down in Saludos, are you a fan of the 17 games, 17 week schedule, or are you guys traditionalists? It's one game, John. Come on. Yeah, they need time off. <laughs> I think it's, it's too much. I'm a plus size model, so I like load management. <laughs> so they do have plus size. <laughs> all, all, of a sudden, size model. all of a sudden, Stinger's going Mike Wallace over here. You yeah. Know? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Are you a fan of the, those 17 games? Yeah. We got to get to the bottom of this. Okay. One more game? Nope. 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 I mean, you've had 16 games for since 197. I don't can't remember. It was 12, 14, 16. How do you how do you track records and historical? That doesn't matter anymore. I don't think it's as important as it is in baseball. It seems no, like I'll in baseball, what's important. Those records the are old money dollars important. <laughs> the TV contracts. There's no question about that. Stacy, the, the Packers are bringing in Blake Bortles, the immortal Blake Bortles, in case the Aaron Rodgers holdout drags on. That sh the, the worm could have turned up in uh, the dairy state. Well, listen. Oh, can we get that now? No, I'm dying over here. Oh, a lot. It's like nails on a chalkboard. Like an omen. <laughs> here's the deal, okay? I know, I know a lot of teams would love to get Aaron Rodgers, but they also know that, you know, they also know that they have the Packers where they want them. 
because they didn't make the move when they had a chance to move him in the draft. And so now they know they're desperate to move him because he's threatened to sit out the whole season. So now it's kind of forced the Packers, you know, they can do one or two things. They can just call his bluff and sit out and just find him the whole time. Here, here's the deal. And, and, you know, we talk about this off the air when we're going over our game plan. The athletes, and I'm, I'm an athlete, okay? The athletes have way too much control, okay? When you get drafted, when Aaron Rodgers got drafted out of California, okay, he, he, was, he was the end of the first round. He was just happy to get drafted in the first round at that point, okay, and going somewhere because he thought he should have went higher, you know, thought he should have been a top 10 pick, ended up going to the end of the draft. The last time I checked, the job description wasn't general manager or <laughs> vice president of operations. It was you're drafted to be a quarterback, yeah. okay? And so play quarterback. They're paying you enormous amounts of money to be a quarterback. They have people that make the personnel decisions. Whether you like it or not, listen, I understand you didn't want Jordan Love to be the backup quarterback. You didn't want them to draft. Uh, it's not even personal with Jordan Love. It could have been anybody, okay? I understand that. But at the same time, you're getting up there in age. I know you're coming off an MVP season, but you're not going to be. You're not going to play till you're 50 years old. So you've got to. You got to plan for the future. And if that kid has to sit a few years behind you, so be it. Just like you did with Brett Favre. This is the. This is a reincarnation of what happened to Brett Favre. This is our rapid fire segment, John. You got the rifles queued up. Hey, the other big story, one of the big stories in the NFL was very curious that uh, Urban Meyer is going to bring back his former University of Florida quarterback, Tim Tebow, at the age of 33, who hasn't played football in eight or nine years. He's going to try to make him a tight end. What do you think about that story? It's really funny how things evolve. You know, the guy's been away from the game eight years. The NFL wanted to make him an H-back, make him a tight end when he was coming out of college. He refused to do it. He wanted to play quarterback. He was steadfast. I want to play quarterback. Now he goes and plays baseball. And he has doesn't have the success in baseball because you can't just pick up a bat and ball and think you're going to go out there and, and be a superstar. Okay? Yeah, that's Michael Jordan. Yeah, we, exactly. Well, I think Michael went a little further than he did. Michael's yeah. a better baseball player than him. So um, now you want to play football. And I don't think it's more or less. I don't think he's going to play. I think he's there for mentorship for, you know, for Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence is a big, I idolize Tim Tebow. And, you know, and I think he's, he's basically going to be a coach in a football uniform. But my thing is, if he's not going to, you're not going to play him and he's not going to, you know, he's not going to make the team, but you're going to keep him on the roster. I think that's unfair for, you know, a, a veteran who gets cut because you're going to make the roster spot for him and you're not even going to use him. So I, I think that's really that really kind of stinks. I think he's a mole in the locker room for Urban Meyer. You trying to well, say a snitch? Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, I mean, you I think snitch. You got it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, he's Urban's what? used to running college programs where he's the emperor. Now that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen at the pro level. No, the players the players will run him out. You're not going to do that at the pro level. He's going to try. You, you though. can you can He'll get. Try, let yeah. me tell you something. You can get away at, at the college level, and even now it's starting to turn on coaches now. You used to could get away with that because the players had to they had to count on you to get them to the next level. So you could threaten them with playing time. You could threaten them sitting them down. I'll 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 ruin you. You know they could do stuff like that. At the pro level, you can't do that. When you got guys making eight, ten, fifteen, twenty million dollars mm -hmm. a year, and your salary is you know three, four million, they just go over your head and they go over to the general manager and say, Hey, look, get this guy out here. No, nobody in the locker room likes him. Guys are quitting, and that's what you're seeing now. And 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 as much as I like LeBron James, LeBron James kind of has, has kind of started that. He's the godfather of. 
picking and choosing where he wants to go, who he wants to play with. And I think now all these other sports are starting to watch and learn from that and say, hey, wait a minute. We want our freedom, too. We want to be able to dictate where we go. And the way they're going about doing it is totally wrong. You know, you sign a contract, honor your contract. At the end of your contract, you want to be traded, you want to go somewhere else, do it. But don't sit out your contract when they're, they're paying you $150 million and you got all the money and you decide you don't want to play anymore because I don't like this system, I don't like the, the we're losing, and I want to be traded. That's, that's, that's terrible. Give me the rifle, Stinger. We are going rapid fire we're going to talk a little baseball here now if you watch the show regularly on youtube you know that stacy's got a good hat collection he had a montreal expos lid recently and he often wears the white Sox hat and the white Sox are tearing it up they've got the best run differential in the major leagues they're starting rotation era number one in baseball the next five teams are all national league teams so there's no dh people were all over tony la Russa, but this team is getting it done even without eloy jimenez and luis robert well and you know what there's a lot of people on this in this Give Me the Hot Sauce cast that was um, was really hard on Tony Larusa, and I think I was the only one who really supported him. And uh, Southside Susan, Southside, <laughs> Southside just dogged Tony Larusa and talked about how how long the games are when Tony's coaching. You know, it's yeah. terrible. She has yeah. to be brought yeah. in to be yeah. insulted. Look at I mean, her. That, look at her. She's just got, now she's trying to act like she didn't say it. Look at her. She's like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's not the way. Let I me set the record it. straight. Yeah, he, did, he didn't know the extra inning rule the other night though. That was embarrassing. Man. That's embarrassing. Okay, listen, he's oh, seventy. What, seventy six? Really? <laughs> Come on, man. He, he, listen, don't, don't, don't hold like, that Tony, against Tony. Tony, Tony, listen. Seventy six years. <laughs> what, what time was the game? What time was it? What time oh. did that happen? It was in the tenth inning, I believe. You know what, what time I, was it? And it was it eight o'clock, nine o'clock? Nap time. Okay, it might have been bedtime for Tony. Okay, let's get off Tony's back. I think uh, he helped a couple other Major League Baseball managers because they didn't know the rule either. Yeah. Because yeah. of what happened to him. Yeah. Then yeah. So, it's like the kid in the classroom that raises his hand and he, know, he, he thinks he's got the answer and then it's wrong. And then everybody was like, I was going to say that too. Yeah. Thank God he answered that question first. <laughs> hey. He took the fall for me. Yeah. Hey, listen, Tony Roosters won everywhere he went. I mean, seriously. I said that. I mean, you know, he South might be side. 76, but the guy's been a winner. Southside, Southside killed Tony before the. Oh, season you guys are started. ganging up on poor Southside. She's doing duty down in the she, bar, hey, listen, dealing listen. with technical issues, listen, dealing you know, with people trying to ask five questions and are only supposed to get one. But I guarantee you, <laughs> she's watched. She's watched more innings of White Sox baseball than any of you guys combined. Listen, just because you're married to her doesn't mean you have to agree with everything, okay? You don't know how much, how many innings I've watched. You don't know how many innings yeah. Mark's watched. You know what? Well, he hadn't watched any. But you haven't watched You don't know anything about me, buddy. I watch the White Sox, okay? All right? I watch them. So don't don't, don't, don't try to throw me under the bus on. You just watch it for the uh, Big Hurt commercials. Listen. And she'll like it, too. Simmer down. And she'll like it, too. (laughs) Caption the Tim thought bubble. What is Tim thinking now? Oh, man. You absolutely do not want to know. (laughs) It was, it was going south hey, quick. One of the problems with baseball now is there's not enough hitting. You know, we've been seeing, we've already seen four no hitters plus the seven inning no hitter, which didn't count. But it's kind of a crisis. Uh, the last two Cubs games, they left 100 men on base. They lost three to two and two to one. Boring. There's just yeah. What what can be done to help baseball be a little more interesting for for young fans out there who who love basketball, who are getting into MMA. You know, because there's action. I don't. I don't really think you can do anything with baseball. I mean, because it's tradition. It's the way it's been played from all the way back to 1800s. Yeah. There, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, people are at the ballpark. 
they're out there having a good time if the weather's nice. They're out there, you know, and getting the sun. They're, they're having a good time drinking. They're having a good time. Yeah, I mean, when you're at a game, it doesn't seem that long. When you're at the game, it doesn't seem that long. When you're watching it on TV, it's like, oh, man, I think I'm going to change this now and put on yeah. billions, and I'll come <laughs> back, and it'll still be playing. Yeah. But when you're at the game, because there's so much stuff going on, you're with your friends, you're having a good time, it just goes by fast. You know, you know what we like to do when we're doing the box. We like to say, oh, yeah, the Brewers are in the fifth. We just started. We're gonna, our game will be over by the time <laughs> we play that game every night. It's and that's awesome. the reality of it, too. Too yeah, many four-hour games in yeah, the major league. Game of the clock. Yeah. yeah. But uh, there's no way that you can speed it up because, you know, the, the pitchers are, you know, there's strategy with pitching, movement of players. I mean, there's no way you can speed it up. So could be a death knell for the game of baseball, especially with younger fans out there. We'll see if they make any rule changes to try to speed things up as we go further along. Go back along. to the juice baseball. People thing. are trying, yeah. Go back to the juice Speaking baseball. Speaking of Tony Lusa, stop, yeah. yeah well, stop get rid of the mush balls. They're, t- they're talking about moving the mound back. Before. No, get rid Whoa. of the mush balls. Put the put the juice balls back out there where the ball's going out the park because the chicks dig long ball. You I know? guy Sammy. Uh, yeah, I don't speak English. I don't speak English. Hey, uh, I don't speak English. One note, one sad note about baseball is the Oakland franchise, the ownership group has been given permission to yeah. look out. And that's kind of sad. That's yeah, just what? a leverage they, play, though. That? They're saying they can explore other markets and to think, relocate the team if they can't get a new stadium done in Oakland. And I, and They're just trying to twist the arms of the But, I mean, Vegas taxpayers. is, you know Vegas. They, oh, they're always they, ready. Yeah. But the one place, and Stacy had the um, hat on, is be Montreal. I think that would be un, a great move by baseball to put, you know, put a team back in Montreal. But I think it's sad for Oakland because, you know, they had the, the swinging A's back in the day, Joe right. Rudy, Reggie Jackson, I mean, Gene Tennant's, Vita Blue, I mean, Catfish Hunter. Yeah, I mean, it, they, they won World Series. I mean, God, they're going to lose three franchises, Oakland. Yeah. Raiders twice, now Golden State's over in San Francisco. Now it, it's sad for that city of Oakland. Yes. Well, they've it's always really, had trouble attracting fans out there. Well, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, the, the one of the businesses is going to really suffer is Mitchell Brothers. Because that's... <laughs> <laughs> Timmy? Timmy, hey. Uh, no comment again. Hey, I'm Dave. Mitchell Brothers, baby. Hey, that's going to suffer. Because that, that was a great historian place to visit. You can get an eye infection there. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, once again, it's yeah, come to a perfect time yeah. to take a break here. We, we mentioned Woo! one of Timmy's favorites, a celebrity who passed oh. away. Hall oh. of Famer. We'll discuss that when we go on the down low. Give me the hot sauce. Rolls on. Hey, before we wrap things up here at Saluto's Italian Restaurant, where it's time to take it on the down low. We're not gonna, we're not gonna ask Stacy for that story that he teased uh, about your playing days. <laughs> that stays. Uh, that's not gonna be on the down low, is it? No, I, I, I'm gonna have to think about that one. <laughs> that might get some people in trouble. We were talking about a lot of different sports, a lot of different great athletes, and one of the greatest of all times. Willie Mays turned 90 this past week, the oldest living Hall of Famer, the Say Hey Kid, 660 career home runs, playing his entire career, not his entire career, he started out in New York, but at Candlestick Park in San Francisco, which is a wind tunnel, very difficult to hit home runs there. This guy was amazing. People have seen the, the old uh, black and white footage of him making the over-the-shoulder catch in center field and doubling the guy off first base with, the, with the, or second base with his great arm. 
just an amazing talent, and you saw that the respect that all the current major leaguers, I know, I know he's Barry Bonds' godfather, and he's just revered by, by current players because of what he accomplished in a much different era, a much different country. Well, and then you, yeah, much different country. You're mm -hmm. talking about civil rights and, yep. all, and all the things they had to go through, staying in different hotels, being treated uh, poorly on the road because of the color of their skin. Uh, just amazing that he was able to to get through all that and then be able to focus on baseball because that would be really, really extremely hard. Playing in front of people, you're in the outfield, people are yelling racial slurs at mm -hmm. you, they're throwing things at you, they're calling you monkey, they're, they're, they're doing all these, these really bad things that in baseball is a mental game. And, and for him to be able to, you know, to keep his mental strength and be able to persevere and arguably one of the best baseball players in the history of the game is amazing. Yeah, as bad as 2020 was in so many different areas, we lost so many great baseball Hall of Famers. You think about Hank Aaron and Joe Morgan and Lou Brock and Bob Gibson, so many greats that uh, we grew up uh, thinking, man, if I could be as good as that guy, and, and, and uh, they've left us way too soon. Well, I mean, COVID is, I mean, this has been a, you know, 2020 was just a horrible year, worst year I could ever, uh, I've ever been through. You know, in my lifetime, never thought I would see anything like this, you know, but slowly and surely we're starting to persevere. We're starting to get back to a sense of normalcy. We still got a long way to go. You mm -hmm. know, uh, people still are, you know, they need to be vaccinated. Uh, they need to take care of themselves. And um, but we're slowly getting people back in the arenas. You know, and we, you know, the last couple of games, uh, the Bulls have had fans mm -hmm. in. And honestly, it's great. I think we had 4,000. I'm not sure what the number was yesterday, but it was just great. There was an energy, even with those sure. 4,000 fans, like you could hear them. You could actually hear the energy of the crowd. And, you know, we've been the whole season long with no noise. I mean, you could probably hear a pin drop in those games, you know, and it's very hard for the players to get themselves motivated. Because, you know, in, in, at the United Center, man, you, you utilize that energy of the fans. When you're down 10 points or you're down two points and you're coming, that, that, that crowd and the energy of the, uh, the Bulls fans gets you back in the game and, and helps you win games. All of a sudden, if you're watching on YouTube, Whispers has disappeared, and it's kind of what he was going to do over the weekend when you and uh, he went to get your second vaccination <laughs> shot. Because if you've listened to the show regularly, Whispers oh, had is. some pretty strong effects from the first vaccine shot, and yes. he was going to pull this scam where he, where he brought yes. his old Band-Aid. He's going to bring said, his old raggedy band shot. Give me credit for my second vaccine. So, so was it as bad this time around, Tim? I did have a Band-Aid on the other arm. <laughs> I ordered off Amazon the red ones with the heart on them, the exact same ones. He was going to pull that scam. He was. was. I was he was. Pull it. And then I sat down, and uh, I tried to talk my way out of it, because as soon as we walked in, we sat down. And uh, she says, oh, no, it's going to be twice as bad this time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she did say that, because he asked her. He, he told her his symptoms from the first shot. He was really knocked out. It was really bad. He had all the, like, the chills, the headache, all that stuff. And so he asked, he asked his lady, and I was sitting right behind him. And he, she goes, he goes, hey, you know, I had a really bad experience and gave all the symptoms. Is it going to be better this time? Oh, no. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be much worse. And I was like, whoa. Like, he's the last person you need to say that to. Because yeah. he already came in with a dirty Band-Aid, acting like he was going to get a shot and he was going to walk out. But I was not going to let him leave without getting his second shot. Now, what line did you go into? Uh, you know what? This I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. The second when we got a second shot, it was super fast. 
I think me and Tim were in there like 10 minutes. We got the shot and we had to wait 15 right. minutes. So there was no more than 25 minutes that we were in there. Uh, we got lost. I mean, you know, I'm following Tim. It's like following the blind man, you know. <laughs> so we're walking around trying to get out. And I'm like, Tim, where are we going? Tim's going through like secret ways, like he knows the building. And uh, so we got lost for like two minutes. And then uh, I, I said, man, I should have threw some breadcrumbs down just, just in case. Because the last time we were there, we had all these people telling us where to go. Go left, go right, go two stores down. You know, they were, they were telling us where to go. But all of a sudden, there you're was nobody there. Everybody, yeah. yeah it was Second nobody shot, there. you're on your Second, own. Second, you're on, yeah, exactly, you're on your own. So uh, we got lost, you know, but. You know, Tim, Tim, I got us out of there. Then we sat back down. He gives a third shot. I don't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> you're, you're like a pincushion now, right? Yeah. Hey, uh, sir, we'd like to test you uh, one more time. Uh, that didn't take. Come on back yeah. with us. Yeah. You know what Tim was looking for? He's looking for some of these delicious Haribo uh, gummy colas oh, that we got here. Yes. Oh, yeah. Southside Susie took him uh, Southside. Where would you get those? Woodman's. Woodman's, yeah. Yep. Emptied the shelves. Yeah, shout out to Woodman's. You got to take she, care uh, of the king. Yeah, she uh, emptied the shelves. But and, we uh, drive by the, um, there's a new manufacturing or there's a new hub or every, on the 94, we drive by it. Future yeah, home. We, we got to do the show from there. When he's yeah, there. we should. Yeah. I think that's a great call. We need to do the show from the, the health club where all those people walk around with hairy backs. And, <laughs> and we need to do the show in there. Just be handing out man code violations. Hand out man code violations. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great too. I'll, Let's have the show in the locker room. I'll tell you what, you we can zoom you in from there. That sounds. Hey, listen, you would fit in quite nicely. <laughs> After watching our meeting yesterday, I looking do. like Disco Danny Terrio, he has his shirt open, America, and as you see his chest hairs. I thought we, were, I thought it was a, a new movie of Staying Alive. I was like, hey, buddy, can you button your shirt? There's a bunch of guys Austin, on the Austin Powers. It, no, it was terrible. It I was terrible. I don't talk about Harry. Hey, like I don't care, do. man. I, I was scarred yesterday. I'm on the Zoom. Hey, America, I'm on the Zoom just like you see us right now. And he's got his chest hairs out. And I'm like, hey, man, have you ever heard of the word grooming? Oh, and look at manscaping. Manscaping. Yacht, look, at, look at this. Johnny oh, Yacht. Bring you got to put those on camera. Yeah, 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 bring them over here. Bring them over here. our guy, Johnny Yacht, taking care of us yeah. here at Saludos you, you gotta Restaurant. you got to come out to Saludos, America. You look to. at this. this you got to come out there. Now, what is you, that, Johnny? you got to check out this food. Can you get by the Saludos mic? Saludos, bread. Don't get too close to King, but Jeez, can you get by the mic? So Go to Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tim's Tim fully vaccinated. Yeah. Now. Hey, this this is we got him three so times. Yes, yeah, so that's our, uh, our Saludos stick. So it's our homemade pizza dough. We Delicious. Wrap it up. I got cheese in one of it. Look, I got no Stinger diving right in. Kind of your own choice. Deep fried with our own marinara sauce. Oh, it's good. Wow. It's a really nice dish. Oh. And season in our special season. Oh. We, we have been treated so well. Nice. The food's been delicious. It's service like a has been slice great. Of heaven. So you got to check it out. Saludos Italian Restaurant, West Grand Avenue, 7680. Check it out. Great food, great service. Mm -hmm. Before we get out of here, we, we got to go back to our guy, Whispers, because he was definitely touched by someone who was important in his formative years. No, not just Whispers. The great Tawny Catane passed yep. away at the age of 59. Well, yeah, we were talking about Hall of Famers, and she it's, it's, how, many, it's how many Hall of Fames she actually belongs in. Okay. I mean, Which Hall of Fames do you think she qualifies for? You got music videos. Okay. Actually, the right White Snake the videos, right? Oh, and then Rat as well. Yeah. Rat. She also married the, the lead singers of both those bands. She and she Chuck married. Uh, yeah, she, she slapped beat Chuck up Finley. Chuck Finley. Chuck <laughs> kicked him in the face with a high heel. Yeah, so that's you whooped Chuck Finley's ass. Okay, y'all yeah, talk about me getting beat by a one-armed girl. He got beat by Tony Katane with a with a with a, uh, a stiletto. Whooped right. him. And that week, that White Snake video came out. I mean, Jurgens went up twelve percent. 
<laughs> that was wow. It. That's right. Hey, he bought a case of it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know it. That's what you call on the down low. It's oh a full God. service operation here. But Episode you gotta this, 28. Man. Hey, America. Salute to the bread is awesome. It's got cheese in it. Oh, my God. And then Google the white snake video. Here I go again, because that's a thrill. Here I go again. <laughs> that's a thrill a minute, man. Incredible athlete. Incredible athlete. Hall of Famer. Should be an Olympic sport. This one's for you, Tawny. We oh. miss you. <laughs> hey, our thanks, our thanks to the Bodie family for welcoming us in. The Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast live from Saluda's Italian Restaurant. We had a great time. We encourage you all to come out, check out the food. Great people oh. here. Next week, we'll be back at, with uh, freshly tapped kegs, Tim promises. That's right. Ooh. It's going to be tasty. As, as the fun continues for episode 29, <laughs> this has been an on-location edition of the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. For Whispers, Southside Susie, the Stinger, and our man, Stacy King, who's got his own hot sauce. Give me the hot sauce. How can you get that? How can you find Give that? Give me the hot sauce, baby. Give me the hot sauce. It is awesome. Give me the hot sauce, baby. It's in a bottle now, so you got your own hot sauce. How do you Woo! order it? How do you order that, Stacy? How do you order it? Go to GiveMeTheHotSauce.com. <laughs> and you can order as many as you want. Give me the hot sauce. Give me the hot sauce. Give me the hot sauce. Thank you, Saludo, Stacy. I think it's almost time for us to, you know what? Drive home safely, Chicago. Beep, beep, beep. beep. <laughs> All right, Saludos. Saludos.